Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. This week, we want to share with you just some good news stories about some of the positive things that are coming out of this strange, weird, chaotic time we are living in. And there is a lot of good coming out of this time, even though it is a really difficult period we're going through. Oh, I agree. And I think that so many people are worried about security, stability, finances, health. It's a whole lot. It's a lot to juggle right now. It really is. And, you know, people are worried about what's going to happen in one month and three months and six months. What's the trickle-down effect on our economy going to be? When are kids going to go back to school? I think the weight of all that unknown is really heavy energy. It is. And I think uh, I was doing a little just reading before the show and I heard this on a podcast and the whole news thing of if it bleeds, it leads, meaning that the media will use fear to keep people tuned in and how that actually is um, taps into negativity bias, which is that we're high, hardwired for. We're hardwired to, to look more towards the negative and hang on to it and be more impacted by it. So similar to you have a situation that happens and there's all this positive and then there's one negative thing. We've talked about this a lot, how we'll get 10 compliments and one that's not so glowing and that's the one we focus on. That's right. kind of that negativity bias of just tapping right into worst case, fear-based, all that stuff. But with the news connection, it's, it's causing physical reactions for people, but it's remembering and replaying that stuff over and over and over again. But the negative leads you to pay more attention to the bad things. And I also read that a lot of times people will believe if the news is more negative and fearful, people see it as more truthful. Don't you think that's messed up? That is messed up. But I think it's because everyone's just so afraid right now. And we're just yes. grasping on to whatever we can. Because we're being given different information by different sources constantly. So you don't really know what to believe. And I think for most people, they think, well, it's the negative that usually turns out to be true. So I'm going to grasp onto that. That's right. And the point of this show is to point out that that's not always the case. Exactly. <laughs> even during times of stress, there are beautiful, wonderful, happy, and positive stories. And before we jump into some of the stories we've gathered and collected, I just wanted to share with you guys this article my sister sent me um, from vice.com and it's called allostatic load is the reason you are anxious and stressed right now. <laughs> so of course I had to read that. And you know, Denise and I were talking before we hit record how we thought we were going to do all this amazing stuff during this quarantine time. I mean, I've been gifted, you know, at least two extra hours a day that I don't have to sit in my minivan driving my youngest around, right? So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm finally going to paint the trim. I'm going to listen to all those meditations I've downloaded onto my phone. I'm going to read all those books stacked up by my reading chair. And Denise, you had all these plans and courses you were going to take into, and have we done any of it? No, we have not. <laughs> And this article is talking about how she, the writer is the same way. Like she thought she was going to like basically, you know, become a yoga teacher and train for a marathon during her quarantine. But she learned that there's something called allostatic load, 
which is essentially where our stress hormones increase to such a level that we stay in this emotional fight or flight stage. And so we're having all these like psychological reactions and adaptations we're having to make. And it's making us stay in this energy of stress and worry. And over time, this kind of creates a non-science word brain fog where we're not getting as much done or we're not able to focus or sustain our attention as well as we used to. And so I just, I found it a little comforting. It also has been a lack of motivation for a lot of people. Like looking at the list, I should, I could, I ought to, but not having that, there's a, a very prevalent feeling of what's the point kind of attitude because we're in this, this limbo, this lull of not knowing when the world's going to get back on track for a lot of us or that it's going to be different. And you're right, the extra time, because we've, we've talked about this a lot. I'm not driving an extra you know, 1,500 miles a month or whatever ridiculous amount I usually drive. And I should have all those hours to do other stuff. <laughs> But uh, I think this negativity bias, this syndrome that you're talking about, there are ways we can get around that, though. And I think for some of us, not mentioning any names or owning this, but I will, the negative self-talk, oh, why won't I just do this? I need to get up. Why am I avoiding this? So instead of fixating on that or getting caught on the old loop tapes or saying, I'm such a fill-in-the-blank, really try to catch yourself when you go to that place and say, all right, I'm doing the best I can. What can I do to switch that out now? Because I think when we reframe it a little bit or we find a way to put jumper cables on our thought patterns and, and restart them in a new direction, that's going to be huge in starting to feel more like ourselves and feeling more motivated and more uplifted to move forward. The difference it can make listening to some upbeat music or watching a funny show or reading something that brings tears to your eyes because it's so joyful versus watching hour after hour of negativity, doom, gloom, fear. That shit's not healthy. It's just not healthy. Um, And I think another thing is we will, well, I think for, for many people, get caught up on replaying that negativity over and over. And then when something good does happen, we either say, oh, wasn't that great? But we don't savor it in the same way. We don't build the same memory neural pathways to enjoy it and keep going back and saying, oh my gosh, wasn't that amazing when this happened? So I was thinking about some big milestones that I've had in my life. And when they happened, I was, I was so proud of myself. I was excited. I was happy. But I don't revisit those in the same way that I'll revisit, why did I make such an ass out of myself seven years ago when I said this to so-and-so? Do you ever have that happen? No, never. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, but I think there's we're ways empaths. to get around That's this. What do. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're empaths, damn it. We can... But I, I think this is a great time. And, and the show is about finding positive, finding good news, finding ways to kind of go around the periphery a little bit and say, yes, this is dark. There is a lot going on. But what can I do in my little world to save myself from this and not feel so that feeling of redundancy of, of mediocrity of the days are just kind of blending all together. Have you had that 
where you're, you're all of a sudden you'll say, oh my gosh, what day is it? Is it Tuesday? No, oh, I think sure. it's Saturday. Yeah, what month is it? Is it <laughs> April? Is it May? <laughs> uh, so One oh. thing that has helped me a lot is creating a new schedule. Oh. You know, so in, in the beginning I was trying to just maintain my old schedule. So getting up at, you know, 6, 6.30 and getting the kids up and getting breakfast on the table and starting school and doing my work in between when I could. And that wasn't really working and I was getting a lot of pushback and resistance. And then I thought, you know what, screw it. Like you have this extra time. So we started waking up a little later. So now I'm sleeping in until 7, 7.30 and I let my kids sleep in until like 9, 9.30. And we start our school day at 10 and we all meet at the dining room table. I was letting them all kind of, one could study upstairs, one could study in the uh, little den, one could, you know, but now I'm like, nope, we all have to be together at the dining room table, at least for the first part of the morning so we can, you know, help each other, create a schedule for the day, blah, blah, blah. And I have scheduled in two outdoor times, like one that's just for me first thing in the morning and then one after lunch for the kids and me. And they make so much fun of me. Apparently, it's a meme among teenagers now, the family walk. Have you seen this? No. (laughs) So they'll always screenshot, like, the family walk, day 3049. But I do think it's important to get outside and connect with nature. And, And so just reformulating my day and how I treat it has helped me a lot. Instead of trying to keep up the same pace or keep up the old schedule. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful suggestion because especially, so you're right. You knew I have X amount of time before I have to get in the minivan and drive my daughter to school and then do these errands and check on my parents. And to have that whole chunk of time switched around, that throws you off balance a little bit. Yeah, it definitely does. And so if I think most of us, we tend to resist change by digging in our heels and being like, nope, I'm just going to keep on keeping on. And I... I think this is an unprecedented time that we're living in. And so we have to be flexible and change with it and around it. And finding the good news, finding the positivity, making our own good news. But also, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and they were interviewing this man named Tank Sinatra. And he has an Instagram account that's at Tank's Good News. And it is the funniest memes and jokes and you just can't help but giggle and smile because some of them are so ridiculous and some of them are so spot on with what's going on in the world. But then he was talking about how he has this whole, this has been his mission was to, and he's written a book about it. It's just to, you and I say this constantly, we need to raise our vibration and help someone else raise theirs. We can do that with focusing on this, the, the, the optimistic good things that are happening. Uh, and they're, you can find them. They're, they're everywhere. It's just as easy to, to Google good news as it is to Google doom and gloom. Well, I mean, even in, in my own family, my older sister, she did something wonderful for her neighborhood. The night before Easter, she delivered 650 luminaries that oh. she ordered and purchased on her own to every resident in her neighborhood and asked them all to light them up on Easter Sunday which I just thought was a beautiful thing to do. And my other sister who lives in town here with me, she has, I think, 19 students in her kindergarten class and 12 of them have had not logged on to the, you know, iPads that the school delivered. And so she went to their homes 
and wow. socially distant and safely uh, visited each of them to check on them because a lot of these are at-risk kids and she just wanted to make sure they were okay. And then she and her mentee, she's, she's mentoring a new teacher, they've started um, this really cool thing called glitzing. Mm -hmm. And so every Friday they pick a student and so lately it's been, you know, like a student who's logging on every day or joining the Zoom classes or just doing something a little extra. And each Friday they get dressed up in tutus and funny Aww. hats and makeup and they deliver goodie bags to that child. Again, with masks and from a safe social distance. So you can still connect and see people and help out. And and my sister Courtney has created these awesome movies on Snapchat and she'll share them with with everyone and with her students. She started a YouTube channel. She called her classes the is every class at her school has a name and her class are the persistent pineapples. Mm -hmm. And so she started a YouTube channel and every night she gets online and reads a story to them. And it's so mm -hmm. cute. She's sitting in her little chair with all her knitting by her and she always says Good evening, my persistent pineapples. <laughs> well, has your school done, has your district done anything special for the seniors? Now here, one Not of the really. lady who was the, uh, the senior class advisor, she went to the graphic arts department at the tech center and had a sign made for every single senior that like, you know, like a lawn sign that you. Yeah, out. we did that. We've and got it has that. that. And I noticed another principal, I saw this online, he went socially distanced and went to each senior's home and did like a little quick video and then has a page. A lot of people are planning drive-by, not drive-by, drive, -by, drive uh, you know, ways to do a graduation that people can still celebrate it. So I think that this, a lot of times the schools are really stepping out. And like you said, reaching out to, I spoke with a teacher yesterday and she said, I'm worried about, you know, same thing you're saying. She's in a different state than I am, but she had, she said, I have about three quarters of my, my fifth graders are, are signing in, but I'm really worried about the other quarter of the kids that I'm not seeing. I know. I mean, that's something that, you know, they really need to check on. Although I have to tell you, one of my daughter's friends is a senior in high school. And so Basically, they don't have to do any work right now if you're a senior. Whatever your grade was before this quarantine started is the grade you're going to graduate with. Right. And she's in a ceramics class. So, you know, she's, she's a very high-achieving student. So she's still keeping up with her work with English and math and science, even though she doesn't have to, but not with her ceramics class. The ceramics class called the school social worker to check on her. <laughs> okay so so you mean like clay like an art class yes right? yes so yes. how would you well i guess you could she's having them write something but no she's having them write articles on like the difference between slip and slide and cross hatching oh. and i don't know so i think sometimes it can go a little overboard and yes we did do the signs and we've got a sign in our yard but i have to tell you I'm not very spiritual about it, Denise. I'm a little bitter. Okay. I walk past that sign several times a day. And to me, it just symbols everything my child is losing. Mm -hmm. You know, no prom, no senior trip, no graduation. It's like, hey, you just worked 13 years and you get a $10 yard sign. Congratulations. Oh, oh that's <laughs> a good point. 
but it's still a lovely thing that they did. And and I understand, you know, I get it, blah, 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 but it's hard. It's definitely hard. And then it's hard to complain about stuff like that when people are dying from this and I'm here going, but she's not going to graduate. So it's (laughs) no, but there's people are putting off weddings. They're putting off. uh, I mean, there's so many changes right now that it's hard not to, we talk about this constantly, the duality, the light, the dark. Don't you feel like it's even more right now? Yes. Especially yeah. with, oh, isn't this great? They're giving them a sign. But, and it, it seems like so many aspects of life right now feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. And within me and around me. Yes. Yes, exactly. I did read a story about a couple in England. They had a wedding planned with 400 guests, and of course they had to cancel it. And so they donated all 400 meals to their local hospital. Oh. I know. And there was a teacher in South Dakota named Chris Waba, and he was trying to help his sixth grade math student, and she just wasn't getting it. So he just drove to her house and with a whiteboard through her glass front door taught her the lesson. Oh, now see that, that's dedication and that's beautiful. I know. And so see, I read stuff like that and I'm like, all right, shut up about your sign whining, you know? Well, and you know, I mean, a lot of people are doing dog parades for little kids or drive by birthday parties or people are donating things to the police departments or the fire departments or the first responders or the nurses. And that's all, I think that's helping. I really, really do. But I also feel like where we need to somehow shift. There's a, a, a man and his kids in England that is cleaning headstones in local cemeteries. So there's not going to be a lot of traffic there. You can slow, socially distance. It's giving back to the community. You know, the old, like the old ones that get really deteriorated and need to be freshened up. So right. They're going and doing that. And that's, that's so altruistic and beautiful and the guy owned a cleaning company and he said, you know what, I can do this. It'll get my kids and I outside. But that's the kind of stuff that you feel better. Have you been finding you're crying a lot more lately too? Like out, out of the blue, just having like these crying jags? I have a hard time crying. So I haven't been having that. But I have had these moments of just, I have to go take a walk or I'm going to explode within. What's that called? Implode? Like just feeling so overwhelmed by all of the unknown. So if I were a crier, I probably would be. Okay, because I've noticed that a lot of people are having just these waves of sadness and just I'm really, I'm, I mean, I'm very emotional and, and I, but I find like videos and I'll say, oh, that's so sad. And it's not sad, sad, it's happy, sad. Like, oh, she got the golden buzzer. Oh. <laughs> It's kind of like when, when we were pregnant, you know, when your hormones were so high that, you know, I would cry yes. a Hallmark movie or a Tide commercial, or I'd get angry over, you know, a person passing me on the, on the highway, mm-hmm. kind of that up and down emotion. I think that's just so, that's just going to be prevalent for a couple more months as we all figure out how to get through this. For me, my sadness isn't even so much over all the stuff I'm seeing on the news, my sadness is more over how this is going to change our world. I keep thinking back to 9-11 and how nothing ever really went back to normal after that. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking that's what's going to happen with this. Like, I wonder 
will my grandkids even know what it is to walk up and shake someone's hand? Or, you know, will they know what it is to go into book club and and hug the people there? I I just feel like things are going to shift so dramatically. It's going to be different. And that's making me sad. Yes. Again, it's riding that rail of there's people are trying. They're trying so hard. It was a, a group of kids, I think they were in Switzerland. They used their end of the year school trip money to help a family that lost their home and farm in a big fire. So, I mean, people are trying to raise it and move forward, but I agree with you. you know, they just made it mandatory in Maine for the month of, at least the month of May. Everyone, if you go out in public, you have to have on a face mask. We have low numbers. We also have a high elderly population, but you have to wear a mask to go into a store. If you're at a anywhere you can't socially distance from people. Well, you can't go into any banks or credit unions or anything right now, but there's always a sign on the door, take off your sunglasses, you can't cover your face. And now people are going in to all these buildings like they're they're old uh, people from the old West. The old bank robbers. I know, I know. That is, that's our new norm. My favorite positive story to come out of this is Tom Moore. The, oh, yes. the World War II veteran, he just turned 100 on April 30th, and he decided to walk laps around his backyard in Bedfordshire, England, to raise money for people affected by this virus. He set his goal at 1,000 pounds. That's what he wanted to raise. He has raised to date $38 million. <gasps> well, that just gave me willies. Isn't that amazing? And so he received over 100,000 cards for his 100th birthday. He is still receiving so many cards that the post office in England is having to send them to his grandson's school. Wow. Because they can't, you know, handle the volume. The queen has given him a a medal for his uh, service in World War II. Even, Even Prince William personally called him. And on his birthday, he was treated to a military flyover. I just think it's so cool. Like, I can't imagine. I think about my parents who basically sit in their townhouse all day watching TV, you know? Mm -hmm. And here's this man who's 20 years older than my parents. And he's like, you know what? I still got a lot of life in me. What can I do to help people? And he's he's got a walker. It's not like he's able-bodied, you know, hopping around his backyard. And he decided to walk around his yard with his walker and raised Thirty-eight million dollars and more money still coming in. That is so beautiful. It really is so so beautiful. And you know, a lot of a lot of royals are stepping up. I mean, we saw Meghan and and Harry giving out meals in L.A. and even Princess Sophia of Sweden. She showed up at a hospital in Stockholm uh, to in scrubs to volunteer. Oh my! I know. Can you imagine? Being in the hospital and seeing a a princess, if you were like a little kid, that would be pretty cool. My other favorite story is that um, so many animal shelters across the country have run out of dogs and cats that need homes because so many people, now that they're home and have time, are flocking to rescue animals. It's so strange because I thought of this the other day, and this again goes back to that duality, and I was looking at, at my dog and I thought, Oh my goodness, she is loving this. She's loving this 24-7. And all these pets that when the world starts getting back into gear that aren't going to have their people 24-7, I think some will be really excited. Say, oh, phew, they're finally gone. And some are going to be like, well, where did my people go? 
Oh, yeah. I read an article by a veterinarian who said, when you do return to work, please take a week beforehand to prepare your pet Mm -hmm. and like leave the house for an hour or two hours at a time. One dog, his mom and dad worked all the time. They worked so much. They had to hire a dog walker to come and let their dog out. The first week his parents were home constantly, he wagged his tail so much in happiness and joy that he sprained his tail. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? It really is. I mean, it's it's sad adorable. I know, I know. I love these stories coming out of people who are just taking any skill that they have and using it to help people. Like there's an artist named Tom Croft on Instagram and he's offering free oil paintings to all healthcare workers. So you just have to message him on his Instagram page and he's gotten 500 artists to join him. And he hopes when this is in our rearview mirror, he's going to have like a, like a gallery with all the portraits of these, of these uh, healthcare workers. And there's so many bakeries who are donating baked goods. Krispy Kreme is offering a free dozen donuts to anyone with a hospital badge. I just think it's neat to think if I were a painter, I don't know if I'd be like, well, what can I do? Right. And yet here are all these people stepping up. There's all those distilleries and beer places and perfume factories who have turned over their whole facility to make hand sanitizers. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. There's so many positive, uplifting things. And again, if you're feeling, we can say watch a funny show, listening up beat music. But if you're in that funk, just Truly, Google it. Google Good News. And there's actually Good News Network. That's an actual site from stuff all over the world. There's Good News MSN. All the major uh, media outlets have a Good News section. And I notice a lot of the, I don't, I haven't watched traditional news in years and years just because I, I don't, I'm not uninformed. I'm not head in the sand. We've, we've talked about that as well. But I, I don't like it. I don't like that barrage of, of too much negativity. But you can go to any of them. It doesn't matter what your, if you like M, ABC, NBC, NPR, Fox, it doesn't matter. They all have a good news section. We want to do that. We want to uh, find ways to feel better about this. And also that sense of, and this is, I truly believe this, we're coming into a time of unity. And part of finding this good news is like right now, all the stories you've just shared, you went all over the world with that. You weren't just saying, oh, in my small town, this is what's going on. Right. This is global. Yes. Yeah. And, and that, that's something I find oddly comforting about this is that it's not just happening to, to America or it's not just happening in China. Everyone in the world is experiencing this. And I think that's tragic and traumatizing, but it's also oddly comforting because we're all going to shift and change and learn to work in a new way as a community because of this. Exactly. I'm hopeful. This goes back to our show that we did on Are You a Pessimist, Optimist, or Realist? I'm being an optimistic realist here that this is going to outweigh the darker stuff that people will get. Uh, they'll they'll enjoy this more. They'll want to be this more. People are sharing food. The the farmers who have, you know, that's another thing uh, here in the states anyway. 
a lot of the farmers that produce for schools and big institutions that are closed down, they have nowhere to send their food. So a lot of them are donating. They're, they're trying to find a way to, so they don't just have to. What I'm thinking of is there was a, an article on um, the Idaho potatoes. And if they had the choice of just tilling them back into the soil or giving them away, these big, and they did. And I think more wow. and more people are, right now, uh, a lot of dairy farmers are needing to dump their milk because there's no way to, because they either have a school contract, a business contract, or there's no one to pick it up. And they're finding ways to, to, to work with that so that we're not wasting this food because I truly pray that we're going into a time of looking out for each other and helping each other stand up and empowering. And the other part of my brain is clicking in with, what about the scammers? What about the people abusing the system? They've always been there and they probably always will, but I'm, I don't want to give them the time of day. Right. Right. And, the, and they're a small percentage, luckily. Yeah, and I think this issue is also highlighting the needs of so many sectors of society that often don't get the help and support they need. You know, like the, the mayor of London recently assigned 300 hotel rooms to um, the homeless and something similar is trying to happen in New York City. You know, and of course the negative side of me was like 300, that's not enough, but at least right. it's something, you know, at least it's highlighting the fact that we need to step in and, and help people who are unable to help themselves at this time. Or like Leonardo DiCaprio, he created America's Food Fund with Apple and Ford companies, and he kicked it off with a $12 million donation, which is incredibly generous, right? And then mm -hmm. Jeff Bezos donated $100 million to that fund. And I was reading that, and I was thinking, you know, when this whole pandemic time ends, that fund is still going to be there. And then right. charity events are going to be created around it, and it's going to keep on keeping on which is just a really good thing because we, we need to help the people in our country who cannot eat. I mean, there are so many children every night who go to bed without enough food. And, and so a lot of these um, organizations and charities and funds are starting and they're not going to go away when this COVID-19 goes away. They're right. going to stay there. That's a very positive thing. It is. Did you see the picture of Anderson Cooper with his little boy? Yes. Is that oh. not the most adorable little boy? Got a tear in my eye. I know. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> but what I loved was all the other newscasters celebrating that. I know. And I know. it was just such genuine happiness, joy, respect. And the fact that he named him, and I can't remember who the lady, the newscaster was, but she said, he said he could feel his his parents who have passed all around him with that little baby. And that just touched my heart. Wow. That is beautiful. It's so nice to see positive things like that. You know, John Krasinski um, created a YouTube channel that is just dedicated to sharing good news. Oh. Yeah. So that's another great resource to go to. Yeah, there's a whole lot. I mean, Sunny Skies, Good News Huffington Post, Good News Today Show, they're all, and you know what it is? It's not just the crossover, the same stories. 
each one of these sites has unique stuff, which is cool. Yes. You're not yes. just going to see, oh, boy, that little girl told jokes. on. I mean, no, no, no. It's different. And you can look for it specifically in your little world. Or maybe you can develop some and, and cause your own little good, good news pocket. Yeah, whatever you are doing right now, there is a way for you to be a light worker and feel like you're contributing and giving back. Like I read a story about a guy named Greg Daly from New Jersey, and he's a newspaper delivery person. And he recognized all these seniors on his delivery route, and he thought, who's helping them? So he started dropping off with their morning newspaper essential supplies they needed. It got so popular that he's now delivering essential supplies to seniors throughout his entire Mercer County in New Jersey. Oh, see, that's lovely. It really is. Another part of this, and I think Pink said this in some award ceremony, it's about kindness. It's about kindness being the new rebellion or something along those lines. That's what this all comes down to, being kind, looking out for each other, and that sounds Pollyanna, don't care. I think that's the answer. I really, really do. I do too. Be kind in every moment and do what you can, when you can, how you can. Like this next story, I couldn't, you know, economically do this, but I would love to do stuff like this. A man in Massachusetts read about this woman who owns a florist shop in his town. And she announced that, you know, because of all of this, she was going out of business So he anonymously bought her entire inventory and then had all the flowers delivered to residents in that town. Wow. Isn't that cool? Like, wouldn't you love to do stuff like that? Yes. Yes. I think that's really, really neat. And the, okay. Now, I, I haven't even said this out. I've said this to a couple people. Don't you think it's bizarre as hell that prior to all of this, this, I'm talking about the collective energy going out. And if I said this on another show, I apologize. Prior to this, there were parades and climate change. We need to stop flying, driving. We need, And now all of a sudden, the little sea turtles are, we're seeing record numbers of turtles on the beaches. We're seeing shells that haven't washed up on the shores in years and years because the people aren't there to pick them up. Don't you think that's interesting that right before this happened, we need to shut things down and boom, the world has stopped. Yes. And, it's like the earth was like, y'all, I need a break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a researcher uh, from Stanford University named Marshall Burke. He said air pollution is down so drastically that just in China alone, from January to February, the pollution reductions are, could possibly save almost 80,000 lives. Wow. That's wow. crazy to think about. It really is. Did you hear about the beekeeper making the electronic music? No. He recorded music from the hives to inspire, it, the, the way it was written, inspire love for pollinator populations. So this guy, he's, I think he's in London and he's a musician. He used his own equipment and he made the sounds of the honeybees and then he mixes these with experimental music and he, he's hoping that it's going to help these struggling pollinator populations. I think that is so cool. That is really cool. Again, using what you have to give back in some small way. There have been so many stories about just in neighborhoods, you know, guys or women who play the guitar or sing, having like little concerts on their balconies for everyone to listen to, which I think is really cool. There's this whole town in Seville, Spain, 
they've been playing bingo in the afternoons together via loudspeakers. People who don't need to do anything are, I mean, still Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, they're offering their antibodies to help research for this virus. Wow. No, that's, and I know, did you see the thing where they were, um, they measured the frequencies of the earth energy when the, they did the world global meditation and it showed this big spike on the... Yes. So again, all of these collective things that we're doing to raise the vibration, to bring more kindness, to focus on the positive, that's going to impact us as individuals, but also culturally, socially, and globally. It has to. It does. And, it, and it's proven, as you just said, to work, to matter, to make a difference. I love all these stories about celebrities helping out, like Taylor Swift, Ariana, and Britney Spears. They've been helping individual fans, like just by paying their rent or paying their grocery bill for that month, which I think is really cool. But then there's like big contributions, like Rihanna, she's donated over $7 million. Lady Gaga organized that concert from her home, and it's so far raised $35 million. Even Kylie Jenner gave a million dollars to local LA hospitals. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds gave a million dollars to food banks. Steph Curry and his wife gave a million dollars to students in Oakland, California. I mean, those are just some of the stories. Oh, one of my favorites to see was Matthew McConaughey hosting a virtual bingo game for... Yes, uh, he was so excited. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really cool. Dolly Parton has been reading to kids on her channel, and she donated a million dollars to COVID research. I mean, there's just story after story of celebs just really stepping up. Elton John hosted a live concert from his living room. He's been playing from his backyard. John Legend and Chris Martin and my favorite Gary Lightbody, they've been offering free concerts from home. If you follow, if if anyone loves Snow Patrol like I do, you might know them from Chasing Cars. Uh, Gary Lightbody is the lead singer and, and the main writer, and he has an awesome Instagram page. And every Thursday, he holds these live sessions where people can just like type in lyrics or ideas, and he writes a song with all of his listeners. And then he records it and plays it. And he's been donating tons of money to his Lightbody Foundation, which fights depression. That's oh. huge. Well, see, what I love about this is that you're talking about all these people have resources a lot of us don't have they have social media following they have they're they're famous or renowned for something and they're in that this is bringing in a quality of i mean how different is this than the two brothers in houston that collected yarmulkes to make into masks for the homeless people we're all wow. doing something yeah and have you seen the people dressing up in costumes to go bring the trash out no. Oh my God, it's funny as all out. There's people like in Spider-Man costumes on. It's worth a Google because it's just, I think anything, anything we can do to laugh and crack ourselves up right now is helps immensely. Oh, I do too. Like, I don't know if you saw the prime minister of New Zealand. She told her country that the Easter bunny and the tooth fairy yes. are essential workers. Yes. I love that. <laughs> but there's also some... I, I think we're so focused on the, the virus, but we're we're missing out on other research that's happening. I think that there are like a lot's going on right now with computers being able to do brain, like being able to help people 
move their hands again. They're doing a lot with, that's kind of a weird way to put it. I see this is you mean like for, for people who have had amputees. Yeah. 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 Oh, but, that's so cool. But, but the brain stuff and there's all this, they, they're developing uh, a contact lens now that will for diabetics because it, it, diabetes does affect your eyes. I know my mother was so afraid she was going to lose her sight from the diabetes. So I just, there's so much cool stuff going on as well. Well, you know, the first human trials have, have begun for a COVID-19 vaccine. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine volunteering for that? I mean, that's great. It is very brave. And, and there's I, been a lot, I think every, not every, but, but many, many, many countries around the world have started vaccine research. I think there's more than a hundred vaccines that are in the works right now. And testing for this virus is improving and more tests are becoming available, which I think is great. There's um, something new was recently invented to help keep people off ventilators. So there's just, there's a lot of good happening outside of this pandemic, as you were just saying, and within it too. You know, it just popped into my head when you said that. You know, we've talked a lot about this new generation of kids are wired differently. So, yes, this is changing their dynamic, their childhood, their school experience, but they're also getting bombarded with this kindness, this unity, this feeling of people doing good things for each other, people sharing their food, sharing their resources. There was something about a woman lived alone in New York and she made a big eggplant parm, like a huge one. She lived all alone. She wanted to cook and she put a thing out on one of the little neighborhood things. If anyone's hungry, please come help yourself. And they were little uh, individual portions of eggplant parm. But don't you feel like these kids will grow up seeing, oh my gosh, it's so much better to do something nice for someone. Yes. I, I sure hope so. No, I totally agree. I have to say that one of my favorite things I saw was that picture of the elderly woman holding up the sign, need more beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Forget the eggplant parmesan, right? <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there was a group of young college students and they created those see-through face masks for the deaf and the hard of hearing. Oh. Such a great idea. You know, and I these never are even young, thought of that. Me neither. And these oh, were young wow. college kids who thought of that. Oh my goodness, that makes perfect sense. I know. I know. So it's innovative, it's helpful, it's being of service, and yep. it's making the world a better place. Yes. And I think countries are really stepping up as much as they can. You know, like France has pledged to allow no company to fail during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So they have paused rent and tax payments. Germany has promised 500 billion euros for loans. Sweden and Denmark are subsidizing worker salaries by 75 to 90%. And the UK is guaranteeing worker salaries up to 80%. And here in America, you know, we have the, the bailout money coming and the tax payments are delayed until July. So, you know, I know some people are complaining it's not enough and we need to get back to work and others are worried about the stock market and yada, yada, yada. But I do think as a community, as a world, we're trying our best to step up and help each other. 
Like Governor Cuomo has recently said that 6,000 mental health professionals are going to be volunteering their time and their expertise to help in a new program designed to offer mental health to the New Yorkers affected by the pandemic. Oh, that's beautiful. That's important. Oh, another one. I'm just looking at my notes. Another one I really liked, a news anchor in England, Victoria Derbyshire. She presented the news with a phone number written on her hand. Never mentioned it. It was just written on her hand. And, you know, you could see it during the whole broadcast. It was the number to the domestic abuse hotline. After she reported on that broadcast, there was a 150% increase in people calling the hotline. And here come the tears again. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, that's, that's again a way to reach out to people because the isolation stuff, like some of us, and I've joked about this and said this is an introvert's dream, that some of us are okay being alone or being isolated or being, but some people, this is really, we need to reach out. And I absolutely love that she did that in a safe way to help people. I do too. And you know what? I don't think I'm as much of an introvert as I thought I was because I'm not <laughs> loving this. <laughs> you should see me when I walk my dogs in the neighborhood. I'm practically flagging down neighbors. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Even the like chatty ones you try to avoid. I'm like, hey, what's going on? I hope that they're not saying, oh, no, here she comes. Here again. comes Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> no. UC Berkeley is offering them, this is kind of a cool thing, offering their popular science of happiness course for free. And I think Yale has one as well. So a lot of the colleges are offering free courses or free uh, webinars, free, uh, there's a lot, there's so much. And I, I have to add something to that. I will see something like this. I'll say, what an opportunity please don't beat yourself up if you're seeing the opportunity and say, oh, I should really do that. This goes back to how we started it. Be gentle with yourself because sometimes we just have to throw it into neutral and say, I'm not going to worry about this right now. I'm just going to relax and try to get through the day. And that's yes. okay too. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean about changing up your schedule. You also need to change up your expectations, you know? And like I was telling Denise before we hit record, this Saturday, I'm just not going to do anything. Like, do I have a lot of crap to do in my house? Yes. Do I have a crap load of yard work awaiting me? Yeah, I do. But I'm designating Saturday to be my whatever day. And if I want to eat a pint of ice cream, by God, I'm eating a pint of ice cream. And if I want to binge Netflix or read a stupid book, I'm going to do that. I don't care. Are you going to get up early for it? No. I'm going to wake up whenever <laughs> the heck I wake up. <laughs> I am. I need one day where no one's pulling on me, needing me, and where I'm not pushing myself to do be or get this checked off and that done and accomplished. One day to just tune out. And that's huge because so many people that are working from home right now aren't able to shut it off and say, okay, now this is time for. So right. for you to just shut, shut things down and say, no, this is my day. I think we could all learn from that. That's Great, great advice. I think it's just important. And I think my, you know, I'm going to make my kids do it too, because they've been going, going, going. Their workload is insane. I keep emailing the teachers like, slow your roll there, but 
I mean, they're, they're stressed to the max, so they need it too. And I think it's important for us parents to model that for our kids and encourage them to have a day where they just kind of tune out and do whatever they want. And I don't know if you've been seeing all those articles going around social media where psychologists and psychiatrists are saying, if your kid needs extra video game time or extra screen time right now, give it to them. Mm-hmm. You know, just they're under stress right now. They're confused and unsure. They're missing out on so much. They miss their friends. They're missing spring and field trips and all the fun stuff that you wait for all winter long while you're stuck in class. And so they have a lot of stress going on around them as well. And I think we need to be gentle with our children as well. Yes, exactly. That's very, very important. Right now, finding something that diverts your attention. And I had seen, when the boys were little and used to play video games, they would joke because they had an old, one of the really old Game Boys. And they, I had it. And the only game I played on it was Tetris. And when I was really stressed, <gasps> I played Tetris. I love Tetris. I haven't played it in years. But it was different on the Game Boy than playing it on a phone or a computer or whatever. And I think something that just shuts your brain off a little bit, even if you take five or ten minutes during the day, play Tetris, knit, make a smoothie. It doesn't matter what it is, but find something to just kind of divert your attention from all the rest of the stuff going on around you. Well, you know how I know I'm stressed out? I keep starting and stopping projects. Mm -hmm. So I have like four crochet stuff I've started and haven't finished. I do have all my painting supplies out to paint the trim in my house. Haven't actually finished that. I keep doing that. I'll start something and then I get distracted or, you know, in my email thing, notification will bing and then I'm often running back to work stuff. And so I think that's a part of this whole time we're living in too. When you're off your normal routine and schedule, you can have that kind of ADD reaction, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That that kind of sounds like my normal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you can use this as the excuse. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So when we get on the other side of this, I won't be this way anymore. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) That's funny. Well, I just think it's it's just great to encourage everybody to seek out the positive news. And I want to make it clear that when Denise and I do shows like this to emphasize the positive stuff, we're not saying ignore all the negative. No. You know, there is negative stuff out there and it's legit and it's real and it's scary. And so we are not saying that. I think we're just saying that we all have our part to play in this situation going on right now. And you have a choice. You can contribute to the fear or you can contribute to the light. Oh, very, very well said. Thank you. You're welcome. If you guys have heard great news stories locally where you're living, if you've done something wonderful and light worker and encouraging people to feel uplifted and inspired, or if you just see a great article about someone doing the same, please feel free to email it to us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com, or you can share it on our Facebook page of the same name, Enlightened Empaths, because I think it's important to just at least be a voice for positivity during this time. So stay connected to us and let us know how you're doing and share any positive, uplifting, good feeling stories with us. We'd really appreciate that. And if you have a moment this week, please leave us a review on iTunes so that people can find us and know that we're a decent, positive, good show. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Do you have anything you want to share before you wrap up? I don't. I just, please know you're all in our thoughts and prayers, and we will get through this together. Very well said. And next week, we'll be back with our community connections where we get to share your stories and questions with the rest of our community. So as always, everyone, don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.